This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining. It's the show about the culture of Southern flavor. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Where's the beef? We're talking about pot roasts on our show today. How do you pick out a good pot roast in the store? Is it better to cook it in the oven or a slow cooker? And what are the best sides or vegetables to serve with it? Share your comments and experiences with us this morning. Give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one 672 7464 or send an email to food at mpbonline.org. You're listening to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. It's the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Where's the beef? <laughs> We're talking about pot roasts on our show this morning. How do you pick out a good pot roast in the store? And is it better to cook it in an oven or a slow cooker? And what sides or vegetables go well with it? We're looking for your comments and experiences with it this morning. Give us a call. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. 672-7464, or you can send an email, food at mpbonline.org. So good morning, Deborah. Hope that you're doing well this morning. Good morning, Kevin. I actually felt like I was in a scene from The Wizard of Oz this morning. I'm melting, I'm melting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Had an incredible week. It was a learning week for me, Kevin. Um, you know, anytime that you are doing anything worthwhile, you're going to always face opposition. And the same thing in the kitchen, you know, when you're learning new recipes. But the thing that you have to do is make up your mind to follow the recipe and keep moving forward. So I'm excited, excited to be here today. We are going to be talking about pot roast this morning. It's uh, what I would consider certainly a comfort food and uh, was great uh, uh, this time of year. A lot of people that, um, you know, it's Thanksgiving and Christmas. I think a lot of people uh, both days would have turkey. But as an alternative, I think pot roast is right up there uh, as a holiday meal. So uh, if you have some thoughts, uh, favorite ways to prepare a pot roast or memories, maybe of having that when you were growing up with your family, give us a call this morning. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. So, you know, one of the things uh, that I think uh, that would uh, test or would uh, account for how moist and uh, and juicy this is is, I don't think many people could take 
plasticware, which is what we brought in this morning. You forgot to bring in a, a, a knife to cut it up, but the roast has now been completely pulled apart and everything with, with plasticware. So that accounts for the fact that it is quite uh, tender and juicy, and it really is really good. Um, the other thing, you know, that I think that you do so well uh, each week is the the visual presentation is always so good. You've got the roast, you've got some potatoes, but you've got some uh, bell peppers, I think red and yellow bell peppers in there, and, and a, a lovely serving dish. So I always think that you do such a marvelous job, not only cooking the food, but presenting it as well. Thank you so much, Kevin. And what a wonderful compliment. You're right. We did pull this apart with some plastic. It's just that tender. And, you know, a lot of times uh, people are skeptical about roast because, uh, you know, it can be really dry if you don't prepare it right. Uh, but... Um, I'm happy this morning. It was really, you know, great seeing that look on your face. It always is so amazing to me when you take the first bite of food. And for those who don't know, Kevin really is a true foodie. So it's quite an honor to see the expression on your face and your face light up and you kind of nudge your head up and down like good job. So I'm really happy about that today. And what I think uh, what I like about this is, you know, the 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 roast is so moist, but then you've got the um the bell peppers there that add a little bit of crunch to it. And this is another thing that we talk about a lot is that you do so well with combining the flavors and textures to where it really adds to the, you know, it's all tasty. But again, when you have that sort of second level where you're, it's a little party in your mouth. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What an incredible compliment again. But you know, uh, this morning, you, normally what happens is most people will usually put all their peppers and onions and potatoes in the roast and they'll cook them down and they're very soft. And what I did, uh, Kevin, is I chose some fingerling potatoes. They're the little tiny ones. And um, I just roasted them. I blanched them uh, and let them cool. And then after they cool, I um, rubbed them down with a little bit of olive oil and some coarse pepper and some cracked black pepper. I did the same thing with my bell peppers. And I chose many different colors today. We've got the red and the yellow and the orange. So the dish is really visually bright and fun to look at. Um, and and I roasted the vegetables and added them uh, as part of the dressing uh, around the roast to give it a very festive holiday look. And so are there two, are they both, because there's two types of potatoes in here, and I know the little ones are fingerlings. Are the other ones new potatoes or a different type of fingerling potato? They're just new potatoes. They're, they're in, and they're both about the same size. They're just tiny little potatoes. Uh, really nice bites, Kevin, you know, not too much, uh, especially for roasting. They're perfect for roasting, and what a wonderful presentation, you know. Well, like I said, it's it's really good. I had to sneak out and, and get seconds, and so... <laughs> As uh, you know, it's it's probably the worst rule ever in broadcasting is eating while on the air. But we for this show and this show only, we, we suspend that <laughs> well, rule. Well, yeah, so. it wouldn't be any fun if we couldn't <laughs> eat on the air, Kevin. Absolutely. Hey, uh, if you're listening this morning and want to join our conversation, we're going to be talking about pot roast. So give us a call. The phone number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four send an email to food at mpbonline.org now we were talking a little before we came on the air about the the fingerling potatoes and i said I'd, i've not really ever kind of noticed them in the grocery store and you said they're they're kind of if you hidden. go in yeah if you go into in, in one of my favorite groceries is kroger's but if you go in there they're usually not directly where your uh, produce are they're kind of in the middle aisle b between there and the bread for some odd reason in a nice little basket they've got them sitting there but um they I was so happy when I saw them. I was actually looking for purple potatoes, but when I saw the fingerlings, I was like, yes, so I'm uh, really happy. I think it, the dish turned out really well today, and I can't wait to share the recipe with everybody.
All right, so uh, we always start in the grocery store and say you want to cook a roast for your friends, family, or yourself, or whatever. Uh, what are you looking for uh, in the meat case? Well, the first thing you want to consider is your budget because roast can become very expensive depending on the weight and you know the size or the cut of meat. You know, you got your sirloin, you got your uh, rib roast, you got your chuck. So you want to you know decide which one of those that you want to prepare. Um, today, Kevin, what we have, believe it or not, is our chuck, and um, th- it was um, on sale, and that's something that I always look at. And so, keeping my uh, you know discount cart with me at all times is a <laughs> lot of fun. Um, but uh, finding the particular uh, cut of meat that you want to prepare is really important. And I always look for a cut of meat that has a lot of marbling in it because that's going to aid to the texture of the end product in terms of it being juicy and moist. So you always want to look for a roast if that's what you decide to cook for the holidays. It's something with a lot of marbling or a little extra fat uh, in the in the slice of meat. And then um, the color, like a good red color? Oh, absolutely. You don't want that meat to be gray or a really dark brown color. You don't want to have a really slick finish on it. You want that to be uh, naturally pink and a really beautiful color. If you find that it's overly red, uh, I, I kind of try to stay away from that because sometimes, uh, Kevin, in certain stores, their meat products are sent back and recolored is the craziest thing in the world. Uh, so be very particular about that it's another reason to support uh, your local farmers. You have uh, the wonderful place down in Crystal Springs. We have a local uh, at the farmers market. Some of those farmers will bring up beef products there, and so if you're building relationships with them, you can find something that's really fresh and really delicious to use. <clears throat> what about uh, size um, when you're trying to cook? Maybe. For a group, how much, how many pounds should your roast be? Is there a formula that you can kind of keep in mind? Oh, absolutely, Kevin. And um, you, what I did today, um, the roast that we have today has actually been cut in half. I literally brought bought a 20-pound roast uh, because we can reserve some of it for another time. Uh, but it just depends on how many people that you're going to have. Usually anywhere between three and five pound roast is a fairly good place to start. If you've got a smaller group of people, anywhere from eight to 10 people, that should be sufficient. Uh, and so you want to be able to, uh, you know, do a head count if you go, if that's going to be your uh, main entree uh, during the holidays. And then you add uh, for every five people, Kevin, you want to add an additional three pounds of meat. Now, see, if I were at the party, though, I think I'd throw that formula off because I've already gone back for seconds. So. <laughs> and that's usually what happens when food is good. And it's always a compliment, you know, if you run out of certain things, you know, it's okay. So, But um, absolutely, because, don't, of course, on the holidays, we're not just going to have roast. You know, you're going to have your turkey. Some people are going to be doing ducks, and you're going to be doing Cornish hens and so many different varieties. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to do a ham this year, Kevin, and we're going to, you know, do it with the pineapples and the cherries and make it really pretty. So, you know, it's going to be a lot of different items on the table. So, but if you happen to run out, it's just make sure you have other things to serve with you guys. And then this is a, a beef roast, but I think also you could use pork. Absolutely. Um, and I actually really love the pork roast, Kevin. But one of the things that I considered uh, is Jonas. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's getting ready to leave me. And I'm, I keep saying that because I'm feeling some kind of emotional way about that. But he doesn't eat 
um, pork. And so this, and there you have to consider too when you're planning your meal, you know, you know to know your family members and your guests and what their um, appetite is like and what they will and will not eat. And so, but you can, you definitely can use a pork roast. Uh, and it's also really easy to cook, very moist, uh, tender piece of meat. We need to take our first break this hour. We're calling out to all roast lovers out there. If you're listening this morning, give us a call. We've got some open phone lines. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one 672 7464 You can always email the show as well. It's food at mpbonline.org. Back with more after this. As you consider where the country should go next, NPR will be here with the facts to help you make sense of new appointments, policy changes, and all of the day's news. Listen every day. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. Hi, I'm Sharita Brent. On In Legal Terms, the focus is always you and your rights. From Miranda rights to civil rights, our legal experts will inform you of your right to do or not to do according to the law. Join us Tuesday mornings at 10 for In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter with from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're talking about roast this morning. Deborah made a delicious pot roast, and so uh, that's uh, something I think that is kind of an alternative to the traditional holiday meal of turkey. Uh, so if you have some thoughts about pot roast, maybe some ideas uh, that you could add to your pot roast or suggestions, that is, or things the way that you prepare yours, uh, give us a call. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven. 672-7464. Send us an email, food at mpbonline.org. We've got a caller on the line, so we say good morning to Bill in Greenwood. Hello, Bill. Hey, Hi, hey, Bill. I was wondering, what is the best cut of meat to get for a pot? Well, like it would it be round or chuck or sirloin or whatever? And uh, I was also wondering, um, what do you, do you cover it up with tinfoil or what do you, but what kind of seasons do you put on there? I've got a friend, and she's invited me to her house several times. And her pot roast is just really terrible. I mean, she doesn't put anything on it. She, I mean, she just no salt, pepper, nothing. 
She's pushing in the oven, and she says it's delicious. But <laughs> Bi- so, Bill, are you planning on going back to her house for the holidays? You are terrible. <laughs> one of one of my favorite cuts of meat, Bill, is uh, a rib roast. It costs a little bit more, but it's a really beautiful uh, cut of meat. You actually can leave the bone in, so when you put it on the table, you have this really, really beautiful presentation uh but what i'm going to say to you is uh no matter what uh, selection of roast that you buy with the right seasoning and enough time you can get all of that meat tender and the presentation can be absolutely fantastic what i don't want people doing is running out you know and spending a hundred dollars on a cut of meat if you don't have to you can buy something a little less expensive and still make it taste flavorful and absolutely um del- you know great presentation for your table one of the things um that i do when I'm cooking a roast is I want to create a sear on that roast uh, on the meat prior to putting it in the uh, crock pot. So I have a super, super large uh, cast iron skillet that I've had for quite some while. And I'm going to just simply um, put a coat of um, butter over my roast. I'm going to go ahead and add some coarse pepper and some salt on there. And then just a light coat of flour, not a lot, just dust it. And then I want to sear that meat on all sides. And then in my, and then I'm going to slow cook it. And actually, I literally slow cook this particular roast for eight hours. Usually, um, and, uh, on, and I cooked it on low for eight hours. And so, as Kevin is saying, the meat, you, we were able to cut it with a plastic fork, which, you know, speaks volumes of roast. Um, using foil is fine. Putting it in an oven, what I've found, uh, if I'm going to do that, I use a, a roasting bag, one of those plastic roasting bags, because just putting foil on it and putting it on a roasting pan, what you're going to do is it, the heat will dry the meat out. Uh, so what you want to do, if you're going to cook it in the oven, again, the idea is low and slow, but also to use a roasting bag, Bill, when you're doing that. And in terms of seasonings, I say go for it. You know, roast is a very dense piece of meat. Um, so don't hesitate to go ahead and add uh, a, a crust of salt and pepper. I even used a little of Moroccan seasoning, something that I found uh, at one of my little uh, side stores on sale, and it gives it just a tiny bit of heat. And I even used a little bit of nutmeg in the meat. So it, it just, you know, you can just have fun with these um the seasonings that you choose to use. Also, in uh, my um, crock pot, I added um, some beef stock uh, on the roast, beef, you know, and a little bit of butter in the beef beef stock, and just let it just slow and slow. I put it in there. Put my uh, I put a few potatoes in there, and I put a few onions in there because the biggest part of my potato and onions I actually roasted. I didn't want them in the actual. Uh, pot roast itself. So, Bill, just take it um, low and slow anytime you're cooking a roast. Okay. My mama used to put kitchen bouquet in there to make hers brown. Is that is that okay? I'm sorry. I didn't hear you, sweetie. Kitchen bouquet is another kind uh, of browning stuff that you buy oh, at the store. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can, you can do that. And, and one of the things... Um, 
you know, if you don't want to pan sear it, that will actually add the you know additional color. Uh, but the little bit of flour that you get actually creates kind of a roux as it slowly cooks down. So you, whether you're using the flour technique or something else, you can, you know, and now you can go on Al Six and grocery store and buy all these little fantastic little bags of seasonings or gravies that you want to add in. You can use cream of mushroom soups. Um, and if you want to add a little bit of heat to it, I found that uh, using some Rotel right into the um, the um, liquids while it's cooking will give it just a wonderful bite to it. So it, there are just so many wonderful ways to cook a roast, but the technique for getting a juicy roast really is just simply keep it low and slow. Yeah, that's what my mother used to do. She'd sear it up, and hers was fantastic. So. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, sir. Well, right. Bill, I'm going to suggest that you cook the roast and take it to your friend's house this year, okay? <laughs> I, I, I'm going to because, I mean, that is terrible. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Happy Bill. holidays to Good you. Good to hear from you. Uh, let's uh, stay on the phone lines. We're going next to Oxford. Ben has called in today. Good morning, Ben. Hey, Ben. Good morning. What do you have for us? Uh, I was just, uh, I had called to, to ask a, a second ago whether you, you should sear it, but she answered my question <clears> with the last comment. Uh, it was one of those ones that uh, my wife and I, she had cooked hers differently but from where I cooked mine. And after we got married, I had suggested it to her. And she was like, I had never thought of that. And so, you know, we created kind of a, a rub out of some seasonings that we threw together that we liked, you know, that we preferred, you know, both of us. And once I seared it, she was really impressed with, uh, you know, how it came out. It came out with a good texture on the outside where it's a little bit crispier on the outside and then real good and juicy in the middle. middle. Yeah, and she does the crock pot, you know, do it slow all day, and it it, it comes out really great. And what I really love is um, what he just shared is that you got a husband and wife in a kitchen sharing together. And, you know, that's the wonderful thing about cooking. It really helps to bond relationships, whether it's with your spouse or someone you're dating or with your children, Kevin, is to be able to create those loving memories while you're in the kitchen. And so low and slow is a wonderful way to build a relationship as well as cook a a roast. (laughs) All right. Ben, thanks for calling. I appreciate your call. Uh, So I guess then searing is uh, locks in the flavor, but it also gives it a little bit of of a crust too on it. I guess. Oh, absolutely, Kevin. And uh, again, you know, roast is a really dense piece of meat, and so what searing does really does is help to push some of those flavors in. Prior to me roasting it, though, Kevin, one of the things that I did is I took my roast and I cut cut little slits in the meat, uh, and I uh, literally put little slices of garlic and sausage in the slits. Mm. And then I uh, rubbed it down with a little bit of oil and put the coarse pepper and some salt on there, a little bit of flour, and then I pan seared it on all sides and then put it into the crock pot. And it's just, uh, like you said, really great presentation. The visual was really beautiful because when you looked at the roast, you got this really beautiful crust on the outside. And then to just tear it apart with a plastic, uh, we can do that the next time. I'm not going to get too excited the next time you'll be looking at me like, what happened, right? <laughs> and uh, follow up on, on the roasting bag. Again, that is, it's it's almost like a, a steam bath, I guess, that it just adds to moisture to the... It helps to lock the, the moisture in, whether you're cooking a big bird, Kevin, you can use them when you're cooking a smaller hen, but especially when you're cooking a roast. Uh, you know, just putting the foil on the outside, even if you put a, a, a base or brine in the roasting pan and let the steam come up and you cover it with foil, you st- the, the meat still is not going to be as tender as it would if you would just uh, uh, put it in a roasting pan and 
it forces the steam, all that moisture right back into the meat. It, it just circulates round and round, and it makes your roast really, really moist and juicy. And could you add the vegetables in the roasting bag also? Oh, absolutely, Kevin. You can put everything in there except the guest. <laughs> <laughs> Although sometimes in the holidays there might be a couple of guests you would want to throw in there as oh, well. We're getting, don't bring the Grinch up, Kevin. We're gonna have, everybody's going to have a wonderful Christmas. Yes, yeah, that's funny. You're listening to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. We're looking for your thoughts today about pot roast. If you have a, a way that you prepare it, maybe some special ingredients that you use to season it or a way to uh, fix it that you'd like to share with us. Or if you need some suggestions, give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. So we've talked about uh, the roasting bag in the oven or the slow cooker. Um, and I guess depending on your schedule, it would seem to me uh, the idea of the roasting bag uh, adding the moisture uh, that um, it, it, in terms of moistness and that sort of thing, it's it's a rub. So it's maybe whether you have the time or what might be more convenient for you. Are there any other major differences between in the crock pot and in the oven? Well, uh, other than the crock pot uh, gives you the convenience of um you know, being able to really walk away and do a whole lot of other stuff. And again, even with that, you have to be really careful because, you know, we've talked about, you know, safety and keeping your house safe, during, especially during the holidays. We don't want anybody to burn down their house. But, you know, traditionally, most people feel more comfortable with leaving their crock pots on, especially when it's on low and it's you know, you're running off to work or whatever. They tell us not to do that. It's on the directions, but we, you know, we're all guilty of doing it, opposed to doing that with your oven. You know, I think I would completely freak out um, <laughs> thinking I left the house and my oven is on all day. Um, but putting it in the roasting bag will give you all, the exact same uh, texture uh, as it would be uh, cooking it in the crock pot again, because the, the technique is low and slow. And so, uh I don't know that you would even want to leave your oven on for eight hours, mm -hmm. you know, where you could do that with a crock pot. Um, and depending on the size of your roast, uh, you may want it may even be up to 10 to 12 hours that you actually cooking a piece of meat. Uh, and most of us don't have these chef kitchens where we have these wonderful ovens that we, you know, can put the roast in and, you know, just kind of leave it locked in and leave it there to smoke it up is what I was trying to say. But also, I guess too, the, if you um, if you do do it in the crock pot, then obviously that leaves your oven for other things. Right now, I can bake my pies, I can bake my cakes. You're absolutely right, Kevin. And the other funny thing, I'm sure it's the um, the the legal team of the manufacturers of the crock pot that say that thing about don't leave it alone, because I think, as you said, most people do that, and I think that's what most people think is the advantage of it is that you can. Put it in while you go to work and come back, you know, and the it's The only person I've ever met that cannot use a crock pot, his name is Sam Wells. <laughs> and happy anniversary, by the way, Sam. <laughs> I mean, literally, this kid will burn up stuff in a crock pot. I don't know who does that, but. <laughs> Let's uh, take another quick break. When we get back, we're going to continue talking about pot roast. So far, we've uh, got it uh, out of the grocery store and into the oven. We'll talk about some things that go with it. Uh, and also, we're looking for your comments this morning. What are some secret ingredients that you use to kick up your pot roast? Or do you need some suggestions if you uh, are making a pot roast for the first time? Give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven. 672-7464. You can email the show food at mpbonline.org. We'll be back with more after this.
From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. This is an important message for all MPB viewers who use an antenna to receive MPB TV. On Monday, December 12th, our Dot One and Dot Two channels will change. MPB HD will move to Dot One. A brand new 24-7 children's channel, PBS Kids, will premiere soon on Dot Two. Subchannels Dot Three and Four will continue to carry Create TV and MPB Think Radio just as before. Cable and satellite viewers shouldn't be affected. If you have questions, please visit our website at mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dawning on MPB Think Radio. I'm Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're talking about pot roast this morning. Deborah prepared a delicious beef pot roast with some fingerling potatoes and some uh, bell peppers. Uh, so we've been talking about that. We've talked about uh, what to look for in the store. Uh, you want a good marbled roast with a bright red color. Uh, we've talked about uh, cooking. You can either use the slow cooker, although you're not supposed to leave it alone, according to the manufacturer, uh, or you could use a, a roasting bag in the oven that will help retain a lot of the moisture. Um, and so um, w- w- you've got uh, potatoes in yours, but what are some other um, some other vegetables that might go good with a, a, with a roast? Well, you definitely want to keep your um, carrots available and mm-hmm. you want to use some celery, uh, you know, to add some extra flavor. You can even put a little bit of uh, corn, those miniature corns on the cob in there, Kevin. I mean, you really can just go for it if you want to put some lima beans in there. I've seen people do that. You can, any vegetable that you want to, to do that. I wouldn't add anything like, uh, you know, asparagus or broccoli until the, it was almost done because you're, you're looking at a very long period of cooking it low and slow in a crock pot. But you can add, you know, just have at it. Anything that you want to add in there, whatever your family enjoys, don't be afraid to add um, in your in your roast. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, the phone lines are open, and the phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. So when you say low and slow, how low do you think you can get? What the, I guess, uh, what is the, the ideal temperature for a roast? Well, in your crock pot, of course, you know, you got um, high, medium, and low, and you were talking about cooking it on low and leaving it for eight to 10 hours. In your oven, Kevin, you want to... Uh, start out at about 400 degrees for about 15 minutes and then you want to reduce that heat to 300 and then you want to leave it there for about four hours is usually the rule for that Um, and I was thinking when we were talking about seasonings one of the things too that I added in uh, on the crust of the roast is a a coating of brown sugar and I also added a little bit of cooking sherry into um, the liquid you can use uh, red wines if you want to do that uh, or something even a little bit stiffer. It just really depends on, you know, what your appetite is like. But what that does, it is helps to break down the the coarseness of the meat by adding a little bit of wine or something a little bit heavier. Now, if if you're a non-drinker, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the the cooking breaks down a lot of the 
the alcohol, so you're getting more than more just the flavor, I guess. Well, um, that I mean, is no one's going to get drunk eating a, a, a roast with made with sherry or red wine. Well, I would it depends take. on who's cooking it, Kevin. <laughs> you know, you know, the rule is is you're probably going to use less than a, a half a cup, you know, of, of wine or whatever in there. But uh, there are some people who can be a little bit, you know, a little strained. But it just really depends. And no, you're not going to get drunk um, during that. It just really does add to the flavor and the buoyancy of the liquids that you're going to use because, you know, the liquids can be poured over rice or your potatoes, and it just gives you a really great flavor. Uh, it seems like I remembered a comedy sketch once where someone was doing the roast and they were taking actual swigs of the wine between uh, uh, while, while in the kitchen. So well, that... I think that you must have been watching a local <laughs> cooking show or something. I've seen that quite a bit. You know, it's, it's amazing to me when I'm watching cooking shows and, you know, you see people cooking and they take a sip and I'm thinking, yeah, one day that'll be me. Right. <laughs> uh, let's go back to the phone lines. We say hello to Kathleen in Osaka. Good morning, Kathleen. Hey, Kathleen. How are you? Well, kind of mad at you this morning. Yeah, I was just calling in to talk about wine in the gravy, and y'all stole my thunder. <laughs> Never gonna steal your thunder, girl. Go ahead. Rock it out. Um, I try to use burgundy, but get a burgundy that is acceptable for the palate for drinking. Don't get the 99 cents mad dog that you have there. It won't taste good, I promise. But uh, about a half a cup. Three-fourths of a cup if it's a large amount of gravy. Um, I saute white onions and then add it to that. Now, for a beginner, let me tell you, I'm going to say it again. That McCormick's brown gravy mix, they have a low sodium now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't keep my hands off of it. (laughs) When you want consistency, this will take the novelty out of it. Sam can even do it. (laughs) But uh, toward the end of a roast, a lot of times, especially if you're French, we like to throw mushrooms in Mm. or, you know, instead of sometimes using the mushroom gravy, especially if you're going to keep it a while, you might try to substitute the onion gravy Mm -hmm. because it doesn't uh, tend to go to the far side, as they say. Absolutely. And Listen, Deborah. I have enjoyed y'all all year. I know it's a little pre-New uh, Year, but let me tell you, I'm looking forward to this next year. Oh. Y'all make me laugh every time. <laughs> I thought you were going to fall over when I called up and said, say thank you. Said, what is she up to? What is she doing? But I was driving, pulled over, went in, used my phone to tell y'all, I know melatons. <laughs> Oh, well. Oh, Kathleen, let me tell you before you hang up, sweetie. I I so look forward to hearing your voice when you call. There are so many beautiful people that have been so supportive of Kevin and I, and I've said this out loud. Kevin is such a dear because every Monday he allows me to harass him, and I just hate you guys can't see his facial expressions. Uh, He's he's literally just kind of cringing a little bit like, oh, my God, I hope she doesn't say anything (laughs) crazy. Uh, But I love you guys so much. Thank you for, for being so supportive here. I love Kevin. Kevin's wry humor. Right. The one time I noticed it, he did a commercial when he went, yeehaw. And I said, he's got it. Damn, he knows. And I caught every innuendo in that yeehaw. Y'all right. have a good year and a good holidays, and I'm going to enjoy some of your tips this All right. year. Thank Thanks, you. Kathleen, for the call. Uh, let's move on. Next, we've got uh, Greg from Biloxi on the line. Good morning, Greg. Hey, Greg. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning to you. 
I have a, an interesting uh, way to, when you mentioned low and slow, it made me think of the way that we cook our Thanksgiving turkey. Uh-huh. So I thought I would contribute that to the conversation, if, uh, if I may. Absolutely. A, a lady that uh, I used to work with uh, told me years ago, and we've been doing this now, it's a, become a family tradition. Um, we'll take the Thanksgiving turkey, and we season it and put a lot of stuff on it, uh, usually butter-flavored Crisco. I know that might be frowned <laughs> on by some people, but it sure does taste good. And uh, we put, uh, we lattice, uh, you know what I mean, like weave uh, bacon mm-hmm. on the top of the turkey. Yes. Mm-hmm. Stuff it with stuff. Uh, and then we put it inside of a paper bag, like a grocery bag, uh-huh. staple it shut, and put it in an aluminum pan, a deep aluminum pan, put it in the oven, at 190 degrees before we go to bed that night, uh, the night before Thanksgiving Day, and it cooks all night at 190 degrees, say for eight, nine hours. So then in the morning, uh, it's finished. You just take it out of the oven when you're ready to put something else in there. You don't have to cook anymore. And uh, the, the bacon makes it brown on top. It's beautiful, and uh, it's very moist and just just a magnificent turkey. Uh, wow. I don't generally like white meat turkey, but it's very, very moist and uh, and hot. So I guess that's good. Um, we've never had anybody fall ill from it. <laughs> degrees, uh, sound hot enough to you? Oh, absolutely. And the fact that, again, that you've cooked it for eight hours, that bird is completely done. And that's the ultimate goal is to make sure you're not wanting to serve people, you know, uncooked food. So uh, eight hours, uh, it's, it is completely done. Uh, and I, I was fascinated when you said you put it in the brown paper bag and then in the uh, roasting pan because I've never heard of that one before. So that's something that I'm going to add uh, to uh to my cooking secrets, and you can well, put bacon. I think on- the brown paper bag is the secret because um, it does keep the the humidity in the bag. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are scared that it would burn, but it doesn't. I guess because there's just no oxygen in the oven. Well, then, um, and and then the temperature is only 190 degrees, so there's no yeah. you know there's no intense heat in there. But that right, was that right. was a new one on me. It, it works, and then you just tear the bag in the morning. You don't have to even take it out. You just tear the bag apart. All right. Take it off. That's wonderful. All right, Greg. Good good call. Thanks for Great calling call. in this morning. <clears throat> Let's get another call in. So we uh, go to Gulfport. Reba has called in today. Good morning, Reba. Hey, Reba. How are you today? We're doing all right, y'all. i got to get my husband to clean off my table so I can make my croconers this week, though. <laughs> <laughs> I found a picture of him I have to send you. But uh, my, my daddy is a retired Lutheran minister, and I would sit up in the choir, and the men over in the bass section would sit and time my father's sermons, because if they went too long, they knew that their roast at home was going to burn. <laughs> <laughs> well, was there any sort of signal to your dad to uh, to wrap things up? <laughs> well, no, no the, the choir was actually in back of where he was, okay. so he couldn't see them. <laughs> Afterwards. <laughs> well, don't feel bad, Reba. My dad's a Pentecostal preacher, so he preached an hour longer than your dad. <laughs> oh, goodness. Y'all have a blessed day. All right. Happy holidays to you. Thanks That's for the hilarious. call, Reba. <laughs>
This is Deep South Dining. We're talking about pot roast this morning. If you have a question or a comment that you'd like to add to our conversation, call us at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 You can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. One thing that you mentioned, I think, is uh, that I've, it's kind of not necessarily related to or not just pot roast, but <clears throat> the idea of, of rubbing olive oil on your meat. And, I'm, and I, um, I think one of the Blue Apron um, um, recipes that I had, um, it was a it was an Asian recipe, and so it was chopped up chicken that you put uh, flour on and then uh, cooked um, or roasted in in a, or uh, fried in a pan. But um, does the olive oil help the either the flour, or I was thinking uh, also of using the panko, the breading? Is will that help whatever your coating your meat with to, to stick to it is that's a long way around of it's a confused question but i hope you understand what i'm asking okay so basically what you're doing is you're you're creating a uh an adhesive between whatever you're coating your meat with uh whether you're simply using some seasonings because if you've ever just put seasonings on a meat and pick it up you know a lot of your seasoning is going to fall right off mm-hmm. the oil helps to create an adhesiveness the same thing with your flour and the purpose of uh, again is if you put the flour on there with nothing on it's just going to stick straight to the skillet so it helps to uh, you know create a bond between the meat and your flour and 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 again, on your roast, it's not enough flour on there for you to really, it, it shouldn't be cakey. It's just a little dusting of flour on there. And uh, Kevin, you can even, uh, if you would like while you're searing it, if you could add a little bit of vinegar right after you've seared it on both sides and turn it, that will also help to infuse tenderness into the meat uh, before you put it in the roasting pan. So absolutely. Right. The other thing I was thinking too, uh, to create more if you want to, Kevin, the only thing that you really need is uh, a Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. Pour it over your roast, you know, add your vegetables in there and a little salt and pepper and just let it cook down. And you'd be surprised at how yummy that is. Now, see, in my house, we, we hold Coke to a little higher standard than that. So, well, uh, Kevin, you know, <laughs> you can drink a little <laughs> and pour go. a little. There you go. Uh, see, instead of the wine, I'll be taking sips <laughs> of the Coke. Coke. <laughs> right. <laughs> We need to take one final break this hour. When we get back, Shannon from Gulfport will have your call. And we've got some open phone lines. So if you'd like to call in and add your voice to our conversation as well, you can. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. 672-7464. You can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. We'll be back with more after this. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. 
with any podcast app. You can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Donald Trump has promised coal miners he'll put them back to work. But what would it take for Trump to deliver on that promise? He needs to eliminate one half of the employees in the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. He needs to eliminate the Department of Energy altogether. I'm Robert Siegel. The view from Ohio's coal country later on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We've been talking about pot roasts today. We've got some callers on the line. So let's start again in Tippa County. Joe has called in today. Good morning, Joe. Hey, Good Joe. Morning. I, when I started listening to you this morning, you were talking about cooking with wine. And I didn't know whether Julia Childs got you started on that topic <laughs> or not. Uh, I heard her say one time uh, that she loves to cook with wine, and sometimes she puts some in the food she's cooking. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, Joe, I think most uh, professional culinary trained chefs put just a little bit of wine in their food. <laughs> they can open a whole bottle and only a little bit actually ends up in the food. Uh, well, but I, I, I always enjoyed her. She was a delightful yes. lady. Oh, absolutely love Julia Childs. Thanks, Joe, for the call. Um, let's continue on. We'll go next to Sue in Beaumont. Good morning, Sue. Hey, How are Sue. you today? Good. What do you have for us? I was just going to make a comment that I found that if you cook your potatoes in with a the roast, they sometimes come out dark and unappetizing looking. So the best thing to do is to uh, make you a big pot of mashed potatoes because nothing tastes better than that gravy on the side, you know, with the mashed potatoes in your roast. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it, my mother made the best pot roast. She She would salt and pepper and then dredge it in flour and then uh, brown it on both sides and so that that just made a big difference and it was delicious and and uh it, you were talking about deborah was talking about adding uh, lima beans or broccoli if you put that stuff in a pot roast you're making stew that's not really a roast to me you know Absolutely. And anyway, uh, y'all have a good day, and thank you very much. All right, Sue, thanks for the call. You know, the other fun thing about uh, mashed potatoes is you get the potato masher, so you can actually take out maybe some frustration about uh, some things, you know. if uh... Yes, Kevin, <laughs> I, I, I felt the energy passing through when you did that. Absolutely. All right, uh, let's go next to New Albany. Lucy's called in today. Good morning, Lucy. Hey, Lucy. Hi. Hey. <laughs> It's not Lucy. It's Ducey. It's D U S Y. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. But I was going to ask her if she put uh, sweet potatoes in her pot roast because my mother always did. And uh, also, I was going to tell her someone had asked about what uh, roast they use. And we were poor and we would always just use nothing but the plain Boston butt. Mm-hmm. And because so it's. Uh, you know, that's the inexpensive roast, and it always came out well, but we always put those sweet potatoes around a pot roast, and, and it was just simple, and you didn't have to add a whole lot of stuff, but it always came out good. There was never any left. 
But I just wanted to say I enjoy y'all show because I listen to it on the word of work every day. All right. I enjoy you so much. Thank you. Th- Thank thanks you for the call. so much. You know, again, the sweet potatoes uh, add some br- color and then just a, a different taste as well. Absolutely. Whether you add them in your roast or you uh, cream them, Kevin, and use and then plate the roast on top of or bed the roast on top of that, Kevin, is absolutely sweet potatoes are pair really well with roast but so do pears and apples uh if you you know choose to you know want to kind of take it up a little bit uh but and she was talking about the boston butt Mm -hmm. and that's what i was saying earlier you don't have to go out and buy the most expensive piece of meat the thing is whether it's a hundred dollar cut or a thirteen dollar cut is to make sure that it's low and slow and you get almost the same result of course you know there are some cuts that have more marbling so it you know it it cooks a little bit better but adding the right flavors adding as much love in your food when you're cooking it when you present it to your family not only are you creating a delicious dish, but you're creating delicious memories. Because one of the things even today that we hear people making references to their mothers mm-hmm. and their fathers and old recipes and funny stories. So food is never just food. It is the most bipartisan element that we have on earth, and it brings us all together. So, you know, and I would say, too, you know, with the sweet potatoes, you could put the both of the, the fingerling potatoes or some white potatoes and the, the sweet potatoes in there you together. You could definitely we'll, mix it we'll up. Get a, a flavor variety going on there. Um, Mikey's on the line from Mobile. Good morning, Mikey. Hey, Mikey. I'm going to be fast because I know y'all are running out of time. Um, uh, the last roast that I cooked, um, uh, I bought at when it was on sale, which was in a, you know a couple of months maybe earlier than the holiday season. I put it uh, in a Ziploc bag. I poured wine over it, uh, you know, to, enough to encase it, and pressed out whatever air was left put it in the freezer until the holiday season came. And it turned out to be, I don't really eat meat myself, but I did have to sample this to make sure that my family was was not, you know, jiving me as usual. (laughs) And it turned out to be one of the very best. But, Miss Deb, my question to you is, should I, could I improve on that plan by putting spices in with the wine in the freezer before doing it. And I did it in a crock pot. Okay, so I'm going to hang up and let you talk because you're the expert. Love oh. y'all. I right. love you back, girl. And absolutely, you can, um, whether you it's a roast or your pork chops or your chicken, Kevin, you can always go in and rub seasonings on those meats prior to freezing them. The thing to remember is to always date your bags because you don't want to leave them in there for an extended you know, period of time. Uh, and make sure that, uh, what Mikey said, that you press all of the air out because the last thing you want to do is buy an expensive meat or an inexpensive piece for that matter and then end up with freezer burns because then it's not going to be any good for cooking. But you can definitely... Um, as seasonings to uh, your meat and even with your fishes, you know, if you can know that you're going to be cooking them within a few days, you know, you know, just go ahead and add a little seasoning in. Um, And especially with a meat as heavy as a roast, again, because one of the things that, you know, most people are resistant to because roast is such a heavy piece of meat and you want to try to get as much seasoning and flavor in that roast as possible. So, yes, definitely go ahead on and, and add some seasoning on and you can freeze it or just put it in the refrigerator, you know, not longer than two to three days and then go ahead and cook it. 
So uh, either in the oven or in the slow cooker, what's a, what's a way to make sure that the, the roast is done when it's time to, say, after eight, or you get home from work or uh, the time has expired? Is it, What's a good way to check to see if it's done? Well, um, being an old country girl, and instead of you know using a thermometer and that kind of thing, I just simply took a fork, Kevin, and once I saw that that meat was pulling apart, I just knew that we were good to go. Uh, but you can buy a thermometer. But usually about a- after eight hours, mm-hmm. Kevin, uh, if it's not done, that's a bad date. <laughs> that's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we've got about a minute left, but again, uh, leftovers in the fridge, uh, uh, maybe a week or so? Uh, leftovers in the fridge, Kevin, you know, three or four days. After that, you want to make sure that you bagging that stuff up and putting it in the freezer. But if you cook it right, you're not going to have any leftovers on the holidays. Don't buy a gigantic piece of meat if you know that you're only going to have just a few people for the holidays. But with the leftovers, Kevin, one of the wonderful things that you can do is you can take that roast, finish pulling it apart. Uh, hit up your uh, skillet, add a little bit of barbecue sauce, fold that roast in there, and make you some uh, sloppy Joe roast uh, mm-hmm. sandwiches the next day. You might want to add a little bit of uh, cheese on top of that, you know, roast you up some more peppers, make wonderful sandwiches out of it. You can also uh, use the meat, you know, take some of the excess uh, water out and use it as a uh, meat for salads. So there are a lot of different things that you can do after the holidays are over with. A uh, loaded baked potato with a little bit of pot roast uh, on it would be good, too. Yes. <clears throat> That's going to wrap us up for today. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, funded by the generous contributions from you, our listeners. Our show is produced by Jonas Adams, and our call screener was Debbie Kazoff. For Deborah Hunter, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned up next at 10. It's Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey, followed by Southern Remedy at 11. We'll be back next Monday at 9 for another Deep South Dining, heard only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.